1: Offer valid on select AK System sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
0: Welcome to the Chase Down podcast brought to you by Blue Wire. I'm your host, Justin Rowan, with me today. Is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez, and nobody else. It's just the two of us getting nice and intimate once again, Carter. How's it going, buddy?
1: Just the two of us. Fire and draft takes in the sky. <laughs> just the two. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Uh, sometimes I think it's important for, you know, like they always say that like, um, uh, they say that like new parents should uh, make sure they still take time for themselves, you know, not make their whole lives about their kids. Right, uh, right. I like to think that this is us doing that work. You know, this is our, this is our weekend in Vermont.
0: (laughs) I like it. I was going to kind of compare it to, you know, in Endgame, how you have all those character moments where it's reconnecting, healing all wounds before the pain that's coming. That's, that's what this feels like with the draft lottery a week away. I I feel like there, there is pain in our immediate future and this is going to be, this is pretty much the end. This is the end of life as we knew it. And sure, one sure. way or another, things are going to change forever.
1: Yeah, I, I think in a lot of ways, uh, the scope of what we're doing is, is, is a pretty you know, apples to apples comparison uh, for, for, the, for the effort that it took <laughs> to make Endgame. game
0: yeah oh absolutely i I thought you were going to compare it to the actual stakes of the movie where (laughs) the same universe uh and and i think that's a little bit better of a comparison but yes we are a week away from the draft lottery something that's been stressing us the living hell out um and obviously it's a little different than the draft uh we, we we don't know even if you get the number two pick, there's no guarantee that uh, they're going to take any one player. I think the only guarantee is that number one with Zion and uh, throughout this, I'm going to pepper in a couple questions that we got uh, mailbag questions from our discord channel. Uh, again, to any listeners that are either new or don't know how you get involved in that discord channel, uh, just send a screenshot of a review on iTunes or whatever your favorite platform is to chase down at gmail.com and we'll send you an invite um, so Denzel asks, how favorably does Zion project a plane on the wing? Now, this is something that I've been pretty strong that I saying that I, I don't think that he's going to be able to do that in year one. Um, his shooting and ball handling, at least in college, was behind where even Anthony Bennett's was. Um, <laughs> oh, come on. No, I... No, you <laughs> You're are, such a fucking hater. I I am, I am a hater, but Bennett was a better three-point shooter in college, and he dribbled more. Um, That being said, Zion's going to be a million times better, and I I think he projects more to be a four and a five than an actual wing. Yeah,
1: I think this is one of those cases where it's – even if he does have that wing – some wing skill set, it's like whenever a small forward, power forward hybrid – Really, what that means in the mo- whenever you have one of those, really, what that means in the modern NBA is you're just a power forward, like, yeah, <laughs>
0: like, yep.
1: like Al Faruq Aminu has probably played his last minute as small forward in his career. Like that's just not what he does anymore. Yeah, like yeah,
0: that's if good you're point. big
1: enough to do it and do it at a high level, then you're that's what you're going to do because that's where you actually glean the most advantage, especially uh, with the game moving so far away from post ups. You know, there aren't any like Bonzi Wellses anymore that are, like, going to back your ass down and score in the post a lot. Especially, like, so, like, the strength advantage for Zion is not particularly valuable by comparison to his speed and athleticism advantage against most power forwards. Right,
0: right. And the other thing is, so if you get Zion, obviously you're ecstatic because you, you have the highest ceiling player in the draft. I think you just play him next to Kevin Love. Obviously, uh, with John Henson, Larry Nance Jr. and Tristan Thompson on the roster, uh, you have some moves to make before the season starts, um, which I, I think they're they're going to look into one way or another. Um, but you just play those two together. You You put Kevin Love on the less mobile of the two bigs, and you um, you, you hope that Zion's going to be able to cover whoever the more mobile guy is and, and provide some help defense maybe, which um, while I think he chases blocks a little bit too much at times, I think that, that can kind of be helpful in that system. Not I. Chase away, Zion. I, it's been so
1: long since the Cavs have had, like, an actual rim protector type, <laughs> You know, like... Like, I remember uh, last year when there was that those early discussions about whether they should uh, trade for DeAndre and like in my deep in my core I was like that's a terrible idea yeah um, but part of me was like it'd be kind of nice to have someone who blocks some shots <laughs> like it's just like because other than like the LeBron chase down which is like not like the same as rim protection right like most LeBron's blocks were not rim protection blocks right. they were. They were the, the the transition blocks, which were amazing. Don't get me wrong, but like not something that like is baked into the integrity of your half court defense.
0: I think the uh, last time we had someone that even like tried to be that guy, it was Tristan in his rookie year when he yeah. just chased a bunch of blocks. And then after that, um, the coach has kind of gone on him, and he just worried about contesting and staying on the ground and getting into a rebounding position, which I think ultimately served him well. But that that's just not someone that we've had. Um, Another fun thing that I would like to do. I'm going to run a tankathon simulation and say who's off the board and I want to hear what your predi- or what your pick would be. Got um, it. Let's do it. Left. Um so first simulation, <laughs> holy crap, Tankathon's depressing. Uh Zion to Washington, Morant to the Pelicans, RJ to the Hawks, Culver to the Bulls, oh, Hunter-, no. Hunter to the Knicks and oh, no. that leaves us at 6. <laughs> um so just to go over who's yeah, can, left. I, can I?
1: Yeah, can I? Since everyone I might want is is not
0: available. Um, you've got Cam Reddish, Garland. Um, you got Kobe White, Jackson Hayes, uh, Brandon Clark, those type of guys.
1: I know I made the joke before, but Jackson Hayes, I'm pretty sure was uh, Bradley Cooper's character in A Star Is Born. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm I'm trying to trade down personally and hope someone really wants someone. But if I have to make a pick, it does feel like a guy like Kobe White might be the answer there. Yeah. Uh, I I really don't like Cam Reddish.
0: I I like Um, Kobe White. Did you see the report? So Ian Bagley um, tweeted out that the Knicks are really high on Cam Reddish. And that could be a curveball if they land at like four or five as we got in the simulation. Oh, man, would that be nice? Yeah, if they took Cam and left us Hunter, obviously that's who you go with, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, Though, uh, I'll tell you what, Siku Dumboya uh, really tears (laughs) it up in all my 2K franchises. (laughs) That guy always ends up like an 83 overall, so uh, it's worth considering. We're going to play the same game except with you uh, on the board. Zion first to the Mavericks, which mm-hmm. is among the more fun outcomes for him. Jaw to the Bulls, RJ to the Wizards. You how how sad would you be about that?
0: RJ to the Wizards. That that's pretty tough to stomach. I've seen some Sims where he goes to the Lakers and I, I think that might kill me.
1: <laughs> RJ to the Wizards. Jarrett Culver to the Knicks.
0: Ah, damn it. Uh um, on the board. Again, that's another situation. Is it just where- Hunter? Yeah, I think it's just Hunter. I, that's a situation where I'm really hoping that they take Cam Reddish. Like, I, I still think that Reddish, out of the wings prospects, he might, like, I don't know. Could if Good top, the, man. Yeah, like, hypothetically, might. his skills are ridiculous. Like, I thought he had the, the highest ceiling coming into the year. Obviously, that changed after Zion kind of separated himself from the pack. Um, but from just a skill set, like, I know his jumper wasn't good. But I think it can be good. And and you have to grade these guys on a curve when you're talking about Duke because it, it seems that Duke just is allergic to maximizing their NBA talent. So I think Zion, um, Reddish, and RJ are, are all going to look a lot better in the NBA with NBA spacing and uh, teams that are invested in making them look good.
1: Yeah, I remember um, – I, I wonder, taking a look at this – this board and how many Duke players we're going to see drafted really high, even with um, the point guard, uh, uh, Trey Jones, going back to school. I wonder if we're going to look at this Duke roster and just, uh, and think like, how on earth did they not win the title? Like I, I, every time I look at like the Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns uh, led Kentucky team yeah, uh, that had Tyler Eulis coming off the bench and, like, this just insanely talented team. And I just kept thinking, like, God, Cowell is a terrible coach. <laughs> like, how did you not win with this with this group? They were they were running platoons. And, what, and know he how was playing Carter- Dakari Johnson as many minutes as Cat. Like, I feel like we might do the same thing with this Duke team.
0: Want to know how? They were outside of the top 350 in three-point shooting. Yeah. I mean, boy, the fit was just terrible. Yeah. That's – I, I don't understand how a guy
1: like Coach K, like how that doesn't like reflect as a failure on him. Not just like a, oh, well, they don't have any shooting. That's a limitation. It's like, well, he got the team.
0: <laughs> he picked his players. Listen, man, he beat Croatia with Team USA. He's, he's, he's bulletproof. I, Do- what a weird career he's had. <laughs> he really has a weird career. Uh, NCAA Brad Stevens. Well Um, it's
1: what I well, Brad Stevens isn't definitely Brad Stevens. Uh, The thing
0: with Coach K that's so weird is like
1: everyone hated him. Then he did this like holier than now. I'm not gonna do one and done guys anymore. So he had like (laughs) Kyle Singler, like Kyle Singler, then he completely sold the fuck out after his high minded stance. And now I feel like people kind of like Coach K.
0: Yeah. No, no I, I. Maybe it's just because I he's get old. That vibe too.
1: When you're old, everyone kind of forgives things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hopefully, that's true. That, that would bode very well for my future if I do make it to my future. Um, Taylor had asked in our, in our Discord what we would like to see the Cavs do if they were to fall to six. Like, to me, if Culver or Hunter are available, because there are guys that fall every year, I'm, I'm taking them. Outside of that, I'd listen to offers. But the problem is teams will trade up if there's somebody available. Like with Luca falling um, or with Luka falling a little bit and then Atlanta wanting to uh, trade back, that's only possible because Luca's there. I, I don't know if anyone's going to be jumping up to get uh, Darius Garland or, or Cam Reddish. If they are, I think at that point you're, you're just in a completely different tier. Like I think you're clearly in the third tier at that point and I'd be okay trading down a little bit. Um, I, I think the far more likely outcome, though, is the Cavs looking to trade up with their uh, 26 pick and maybe targeting a team like Detroit or, or Orlando that's looking to, to get off some of their dead money um, and, and trade back as a result. And if you could target someone like a Nazir Little there, um i i i'd be all over that especially if you had to settle for kobe white for example
1: yeah i mean i think i think the one thing that we're going to need to accept as a reality uh as as fans is if the worst thing does happen on tankathon the cavs fall way deep uh into the lottery into the fifth or sixth spot yeah that you they're going to have to make lemons out of lemonade like uh, there's a term that I work in. Uh, I work in broadcast, as I've talked about <laughs> before. And there's an editor term. Uh, it's called garbage in, garbage out, which means if you film me garbage, I'm not going to be able to clean it up and make it something that's not garbage. Mm-hmm. Like I can only improve. Like it basically, is saying I can only improve what you've given me so much. Yeah, that, that's essentially what it, I do when I that, edit
0: the podcast. Oh,
1: fuck you. Uh, <laughs> But to that to that end, like garbage in, garbage out. If the Cavs get a garbage pick, like it's going to be hard. Like there's it, their degree of difficulty is going to go way up, and like like you can dream of like these crazy trade down scenarios, or uh, you know finding some diamond in the rough. But just we have we're going to have to accept that it's
0: statistically less likely to be a positive outcome. And Here's that's a hypothetical necessarily- for you, Carter would you trade down if you're at number two and Atlanta's at five would you trade down Ooh, at five a... if Atlanta gave your pick back
1: uh you know. Know. no no because I think we're gonna keep that pick next year too
0: yeah that's that's fair I, I mean I'm at I mean, that it's point, an I'm interesting just pick right. now what I would do
1: is take that Mavericks pick off their hands <laughs> if it's landing at like 10. Uh, but again i think atlanta is a uh, atlanta is a really interesting team in this draft because really they just want zion yeah like yeah. they could use some help on the wing like Terrain prince is just okay um and you know herter looks really really good but he's definitely a two guard and if they have a if they think john collins is a is a four maybe they'd chase like a bull bull but really really (laughs) Zion is like what who takes that roster that young core that NBA Twitter fell in love with this year and like makes them actually legit yeah Uh, so I I mean though it's an interesting hypothetical I don't think they'll be giving us the chance
0: yeah if I'm outside of the top two I would actually listen to like let's say um memphis falls back one spot and the pick goes to boston for example if boston's willing to give up that pick if we can help them clear some salary um or facilitate another move i'm i'm all over that i, I would trade back to do that if
1: um, how far are you willing to trade back is ultimately what's interesting to me is like so i think if it's one two or three and the Cavs don't keep it barring a Morant kind of trade down, which is an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, But, like, I guess like, ultimately, what's the lowest you're willing to pick in this draft? Oh, God. I mean, six is already pretty painful. Six (laughs) is pretty painful, and that's kind of why I'm asking, because if you do, if you have four and you want to trade down, well, that means you're probably trading down to seven or eight, and all of a sudden that starts to feel really unpalatable, even if you're getting another first in the process. I think that's I think if there's a luxury of the trade with the Rockets this uh, this year, adding that second first overall pick or second first round pick, yeah, um, it's that the Cavs no longer kind of are pressured to trade down. Like you can just take the best player available because you know you're going to get another crack at a solid rookie. Yeah, so it's like who gives a shit about adding three solid rookies? Yeah, w- winning the, your best winning the chance point at a star.
0: Winning the coin flip and getting that second placement is pretty big because I, I think seven is just abysmal. Six, yeah. I can still kind of talk myself into it. Like, I'm going to be disappointed if we're not ending up with Zion, RJ, or Calder. Sure. Um, I, think,
1: I think we're pretty much all there at this point.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think there's some people that are excited about Morant. I'm not high on him at all. Um, no. Hunter, I, I've kind of talked myself into him, uh, which I, I think is just a – a result of seeing how good man, I'm not, in, I'm not in on Hunter at all. <laughs> well, no, I, I hate his shot. I, I hate oh, how his shot is, but he's at least going to be a good defensive player. And I, I can kind of get behind that. Um, I'm also, if we fall to six, I'm okay with going a little bit off board and just taking Brandon Clark. Uh, cause I do think that that's someone that's would fit ridiculously well with Kevin love. Like yeah, if,
1: if they do fall out of, uh, out of that top, let's say let's say top five because five is five is where like you're almost certain you're going to get a guy that you want yeah um uh if they do follow that top five are you comfortable just drafting for a a fit or for you know a high ceiling or i'm so jesus christ yeah my brain is fried are you comfortable drafting for high floor over high ceiling
0: yeah, well, that that's kind of what I'm conceding when I'm saying I'm okay with taking Brandon Clark there because yeah. even though he is a power forward, um, I just think he I think he has the, the highest defensive potential in this draft. And I, he was a pretty damn efficient offensive player. And I, I think once he put him in spacing, uh, which he would have alongside Kevin Love and um, Colin Sexton and Jetty Osman, I, I, I think that that would be enough spacing. Uh, to to really make him a a dangerous weapon and he would fit he'd fit into the role I was describing with Zion alongside Kevin Love a lot better at at least on the defensive end like I think that you can build a competent defense there and he's also um, from a country I'm fond of
1: (laughs) boy is it a bummer the Cavs don't need a center like at all because wouldn't Bull Bull be a fun flyer to take if you if they did fall down to six no no but like But he's broken and it's fine, but and the Cavs don't need that. But I just think like at least you're like I when you're looking at this board, there's not even really any high ceiling guys to chase. I guess it's Reddish. Reddish is the only one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Reddish would be that play, but again, I'm I'm not super stoked on guys that just don't seem to love basketball. Um and, and maybe that might just be he was reduced to being a spot up shooter. Um when he's far more talented than that. And he oh, does he played two games just. <laughs> what are you talking about? You, well, you said reddish. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. I thought you were still talking about bull. No, no, I'm talking about reddish. Okay, um, no, I know. I, bull bull scares me. Keep him away. I'm I'm okay with him at twenty six if he falls there. Um but yeah, i it's I Reddish, I, I think I'd probably be able to talk myself into him. He's just he fits the profile of the guy that I don't want anything to do with.
1: Boy, and the the mock one I I just ran another lottery. Cavs won, by the way, no big deal. Um, on Tankathon, which uh, but I just noticed that uh, they have uh the, the wolves jumping up eight spots to pick Jaw at number two. Oh, yeah. and I was just thinking. Remember how fucking terrible their free agency was uh, after they traded for Jemmy? They had like 35 million in cap space and <laughs> used that money on Jeff Teague and Taj Gibson.
0: That's not a good look, man. Fucking yikes! That, like, that is that is not a good look. That's that's like, not a way that you want to go out in public representing yourself. Like the
1: <laughs> the pod is uh, is no fan of Kyle Lowry. I think it's fair to say. But right. like they could have chased, they could have thrown all that money at Paul at Kyle Lowry, or thrown a ton of money at Paul Millsap. Like imagine if Paul Millsap was was the veteran glue for them instead of Denver. How, how different that experiment goes. Or Lowry, who, even though he's, you know, a bit of a, you know, uh, tough mentally in the playoffs, like, at least (laughs) he's like a dog and, like, plays really hard in the regular season and is, like, a good culture setter. Like, imagine how much happier Jimmy would be with those guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jimmy
0: and Kyle Lowry get along well. And I think they really
1: mismanaged the shit out of that.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think we're we're a fan of uh embarrassing ourselves or her teams embarrassing themselves in public, and we're not a fan of our fans and listeners embarrassing themselves in public. That's why we want you to look your best. Oh Karen. baby. We yes. are once again sponsored by Harry's this week. Our, our boys, Carter and I, love our trial kit. And if you want to get in on the trial Justin, kit, Justin, I'm well past the trial kit, buddy. I, I'm, I'm on the replacement blades too, but the, the trial kit is what we are promoting. So go to <laughs> harrys.com slash Wire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade Cover, Carter. The your cover one. is
1: freaking clutch, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to continue to know that, and it's not just a travel blade cover because what's nice is you cover it up. You can set it down in your medicine cabinet. You don't have to worry about the 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 nice little uh, lubricating strip getting all all gummy up against the thing because the the travel kit has is is it kind of airs it out a little bit. It's got a nice little. Yeah, Uh, I I I hear my loop gets all gummy and dirty. Oh my god, this is an ad read. Just (laughs) anyway, travel blade covers great. You get all that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying, Harry's. It's worth a try, guys. Come on. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders, Justin, they're tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. That's fair. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany. It's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Not over 93, over 95. (laughs) Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. And if you don't love your shave, just let them know. They'll give you a full refund, which... As established, well, it's only $3, so it's probably not even worth the hassle. That, <laughs> But you can get it if you want it. I'll, uh, again, make sure you get to harrys.com slash
0: wire to redeem your razor for $3. Speaking of uh, bad looks, Zion at 1 to the Wizards. RJ to the Lakers at 2. Moran to the Suns. Culver to the Knicks. Hunter. At five to the calves. T- Tankathon. I-, I love you, but man, man, dude. I swear they. I I think they've
1: done some. They they've cooked their book somehow because I think the calves fall a cool ninety seven percent of the time. <laughs> at least two spots. They never fall to three for me. It's always like it's five, 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 six, five,
0: five, nine it's it's going to be a nerve-wracking experience I, okay we just got Zion in number one to the Cavs so that'll make me feel a little bit better uh, man I I mentioned this on the pod with Sharp but uh I I think I am want to line up shots for every position we fall back in the draft and I'll also probably take those shots um if we land at number one or two I I I'm I'm at the point I know I was at a different point earlier in the year, but at number two, if we're not taking RJ, I, I'm going to be. I'm going to. I'm going to be a problem,
1: Carter. D- You're going to be that. upset. You're going to be Miles Teller and that scene in Whiplash. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on that. I'm going to be. I'm going to be JK Simmons leaning over your shoulder,
0: <laughs> telling you to say it. I, I think we got a live Periscope the uh, reaction, and then a day later, do an actual podcast. I, <laughs> I, that that might that might be the play because I I don't know how audio quality is going to be, and uploading like an hour long thing is just obnoxious and lo- more obnoxious. Justin, than are obnoxious you literally quality. bailing on our live recording idea mid recording? I
1: <laughs> this is wild out of you. <laughs> Show meeting middle of the podcast. I, I this think- is. Wild, chase down listeners. This is this is not a bit. He he's doing this right here. <laughs> His whole idea. We got to play up the draft lotto, man. We should do a live episode. This is all from Justin. He's been selling this for for like a month, and okay. then mid pod seven days before. <laughs> nah.
0: Let's just do it after. Listen, I'm an idea guy, not a logistics guy. I've said this a million times, and you haven't hit me with the logistics. So. I just hit you with the logistics like two hours ago.
1: Uh, I don't remember that. We're gonna find two bootleg streams that are lined up because that's easier, and I don't have cable in my in my office. Yeah, and we're gonna do a live recording. So oh, we're, no, we're I don't doing a
0: live recording. I'm saying I don't know if we're going to upload it to the feed, or are we just going to, you know what? We'll um, figure that out. And
1: he thought. is. This is. This is
0: unacceptable you know what you're, you're going to get over it yeah. and, uh, and plus you incredulous just it, it's it's good audio yeah well <laughs>
1: uh, can i uh, i know that we've completely fallen, we've gone off the off the rails here yeah, um, very unlikely. So can, so can i um can i make can i criticize the raptors for a minute criticize the god messiah ujiri who everyone loves
0: May may Oh, see, I thought you were going to go a different angle. I'm just going to make a quick guess um, based on a take you had on Blue Wire Buckets, which you guys should all be checking out. It's the network-wide show where we talk uh, playoffs and and just kind of league at large. I thought you were going to criticize them for only now in game five, running plays to try to get switches and attack J.J. Redick. I almost said J.J. Berea. Uh,
1: might as well be, uh, but no, that's not my take. My take is so Ibaka. I don't know if you were were you watching uh, this game. This I, I, I have it on, on right now, Carter. Um, wow, talk about paying attention. Um, <laughs> uh, so Ibaka got hit in the head by a stray elbow by Kawhi and was bleeding everywhere and had to walk off. And I was just thinking, okay, fuck, what are they gonna do? Because for some reason, I'm like really invested in the Raptors winning. And then yeah. I looked at their roster, and the only big that is not Sergi Baca, Mark Gasol, or Pascal Siakam on the roster is Eric Moreland.
0: Wow, wow that's some uh, Chris Boucher slander right there. I don't know how I feel about that.
1: Uh, he's on the active roster.
0: No. Um, yeah, but the Eric Moreland
1: is ass. <laughs> it's What's weird is, like, he's not even ass in the right way. Like, I get that, like, your 12th or 13th man is not going to be good at basketball, but, yeah. like – You know, most of these playoff rosters at least have guys who have been there and can, like, summon some interesting moments. Like, I don't really, as a championship, a team with championship aspirations, you shouldn't be putting these, like, G League journeymen at the end of your bench to, like, eat minutes in the regular season. I don't get why they don't have like even like a Greg Monroe, right? Like Greg Monroe had a few moments in well, this. Well, they, they
0: literally had Greg Monroe and they traded yeah. him in a second for nothing just to clear cap. Yeah, like
1: like Greg Monroe is a guy that I think can come in and not and do something interesting. Like the Warriors, Sean Livingston isn't good anymore, but like hey, like they he can conceivably do some good stuff for you. Like I don't see a world in which Eric Moreland can survive a single minute. It, it, and oh. like that feels like a, that feels like really bad Eric Moreland research. literally just checked in <laughs> <laughs> well it's a blowout but you know what I'm saying like I feel like every other roster at the end of, at the end of their bench like they they
0: have vets that I'll, like I'll say they're are a little past their prime yeah uh, I mean Philly just put out Amir Johnson like there you go example um, I'll say this Dan Gilbert would never trade Greg Monroe just to cut salary at the deadline no he would not Shout out to and Dan. That's why he, we love Dan Gilbert on this podcast. Shout out to Money Dan.
1: We, you know, you always... know what Dan did do is pay Raptors star Pat McCaw just to do his agent a favor.
0: Yeah, there you go. A um, cool 40 grand down the down the drain. Getting back to our beloved Cleveland Cavaliers, we have another uh, question. Now, this one, I am I really hope I don't butcher your name. Uh, Aroosta in our uh, Discord. Aroosta. Yeah, they, okay. See, I, I was trying to be respectful and be like, oh, I don't want to butcher it. I don't know if it's just a screen name or if it's name. I made an Auga joke. Yeah, you're great. Uh, if you dr- if we drafted Morant, would you trade Sexton immediately or would you try to make it work and just kind of suffer the defense? Ooh. Wow. So my big thing is there are six people in this draft I would take over, John Morant. Um, I understand that I'm in the minority there and the Cavs probably have him in their top three. Um, but I wouldn't trade Sexton. Um, I would try to make it work. You're you're not trying to win a championship. Like I understand the fit, and um, I I mean in the past we we even had this with Kevin Love, where oh can can you beat the Warriors? Uh, with their ability to just target Kevin Love, you're going to have issues with Sexton and Morant defensively. But the Blazers have that with CJ and Dame. And I'm. I think you just try to develop your talent now. Whether or not they would hurt each other's development is an interesting question. But um, I, I don't think Sexton's value on the trade market matches his upside at this point.
1: That's what makes this such a difficult proposition. Because a lot of people say, "Hey, you know, you you take it, you figure it out, and if it doesn't work, you trade one." But what happens is if they do, if they are hurting each other and they're not playing well together, what that actually does is make it harder to trade them because their trade value gets hurt. So it's not as simple as like draft them and figure it out. I think that you do have to accept that it's a, a, a genuine um, concern, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, 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 I I'm think not super point, interested in trading Sexton just because I don't think the league is high enough on him yet.
0: Right. And that's my main point. You have to maximize every asset that you currently have. Like, I, I think they did a good job kind of um, highlighting Brandon Knight down the stretch. I, I think, that, like, they, the Cavs don't have a ton to work with, and credit to Kobe Altman because he maneuvered his way into some flexibility this year. Um, acquiring that other first round pick was really big. Uh, you, you got the potential of a first from Milwaukee, he's six second round picks he got. Um, and I just don't think selling. You got to sell high. You can't sell low on anybody right now. And yeah, um,
1: I think that's that's really the point. I think that's like almost all the Cavs discussions about moving some of their some pieces that might be problematic. It always kind of comes down to that, doesn't it? Which is, you know, the the Cavs are never going to be in a place to trade Kevin Love for scraps because that's their roster is not in a good enough place to do that. The nice thing about all these John Morant hypotheticals, barring the Cavaliers falling too in love with him. Uh, as a prospect, yeah. is that there really isn't any scenario where I can kind of imagine where they'll have to make that choice, right? Unless right. they have him clearly on his own second tier, uh, which I don't think they will. I mean, maybe they will, but I, I sure don't. Um, I feel like he's kind of equivalent to in the Culver-R.J. Barrett cl- uh, part of the draft. Yeah. So uh, if the Cavs pick second, they'll pick who they want or trade down. Uh, and if the Cavs are picking fifth and all the guys they want are off the board, so is Morant. Morant's not going to last till sixth, fifth
0: or sixth. No, I- exactly. And and here's the other thing. Honestly, if we're picking at three and RJ's off the board, I'm Mid- listening. A little, that's the gamiest it gets. I'm I'm listening to calls. And I I know we discussed how f- far would you be willing to trade back. I would be willing to trade for... A player that's already proven like someone with upside a young player with upside i don't need a pick in this draft back um i would rather go with someone that we know is good still has upside and fits with this current team i don't know what that player would be but i would i'd be listening to calls i i I would absolutely be taking offers at that point yeah i i i don't know if that's the way i
1: come down Uh, i mean maybe depending on the player but Teams tend to overvalue their own young players with upside. So unless
0: right, but they they also they overvalue John Moran. They, <laughs> well, they overvalue John Moran and they overvalue draft picks until they turn into players that have actually played an NBA game. So I, I think, I I think you have an opportunity to, as dumb as this sounds, sell high on a guy that hasn't played a game.
1: Yeah, I think there's something to that. I mean, I think the most I'd if I as. L- I think I still want just future firsts just to keep the coffers full. Well, and see, like, I
0: would, I would, I mean, I'd love to get a future first in there. Yeah, I'm I, saying I'm not it doesn't have
1: to be trading down unless I get a, a future first. Right. Right. And I'll um, just take the guy I want <laughs> at, at three and nine, and leave no doubt. Now, like, I think what's interesting is if you're picking third Moran's still on the board, how far am I willing to trade down? Uh, maybe all the way down to 6 if i get a, if i get a good future first but oh, that's absolutely. about as far as you can go i mean so it, it, it's it's not an easy proposition and that's why it's just <laughs> all this feels so is so difficult for me to evaluate because it's just like it just keeps going back to hope they get a good hope they get a good spot.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I hope the lottery simplifies things. I I mean there are wild cards. Like we're we're going we're taking the tankathon a uh, big board as gospel when we're talking about these simulations. Um, yeah. but Trevor has mentioned this before, but the reason he believes that Garland is so high on a lot of mock drafts is that he has a promise from some team and he mentioned that that's often been the case. Where um, if you see a lot of big boards that are well respected, having a guy a little higher than you would have thought, that usually means that there's some information. There's a team that them. loves him. and then the Knicks might love Cam Reddish. I mean, there, there's so many, there, there's so many ways that this can go. Um, obviously, we're, yeah. We're plus, just, we
1: haven't even had uh, workouts
0: in right, combine. Right. Like I, I, I think RJ's going to shoot up in, in the workouts. Honestly.
1: Yeah, and I think Culver is going to shoot up once he gets measured in a six eight instead of six five. <laughs> no I'm kidding,
0: that guy is not six five. five
1: yeah, so five, like four. I think I think we are kind of definitely undervaluing that. I think you're, that's a really astute point from you that
0: like these things move a lot late. Yeah, and, I mean, remember all the drafts had uh, Michael Porter Jr. At, oh yeah, like top. He was, five.
1: <laughs> like until far in. I mean, and he fall, fell further than anyone thought he would.
0: Right. Yeah, of course. But now, I mean, yeah. The, the only other question, Evan had asked this Who would you like to target if we were to trade up into the middle of the first round? Like, do, do you have kind of like a list of three or four names that kind of jump out to you?
1: Yeah, it's actually interesting because I actually find myself liking the guys in the, in the back of the draft and where kind of where the Cavs already are almost oh, yeah. a little bit more. Like, I think there is, you know, a Nasir Little or Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, our, our, or Romeo Langford, all these guys with pedigree. I tend to, you know, that maybe that's a mistake, but I tend to lean towards the guys with pedigree in the mid first. That like, hey, things didn't look quite right in college, but let's see if we can
0: figure it out. Yeah, um, Lang Langford's like, a guy that, you know, that
1: Langford, can... Langford Porter Little, all all interesting guys, all well reputed, all wings. I think I think I'd like the Cavs to to you know take a couple wings if possible because I just don't know if there's any room at the center position, maybe a power forward, but like, what is a power forward anymore? I know that's getting a little meta, but like, what is a power forward in the modern NBA? It kind of looks a lot like a wing.
0: <laughs> you're, you're right. It, that's essentially what it is. It's a, it, like, I don't
1: know what Rui Hachimura does in the NBA, but I'm not that, that high on it. No, um, no me either. but you know, I, I actually really like some of these guys at the end of the draft or at the end of the first, you know, right now, the, uh, Tankathon has the Cavs taking Matisse Thibel out of Washington. Who, man, if you're looking for a culture setter, setter defensively, that guy is fascinating. And if he can just learn to shoot, then all of a sudden you have a really good player. And a lot of guys in the Cavs that aren't good shooters have been learning how to shoot recently. Yeah, I, so, I so mean the, the guy big like Cam thing- or Keldon Johnson or Cam Johnson from North from Kentucky and North Carolina, respectively. Like these are all guys that I that I could really see being good players. So. I'm not that passionate about spending an asset to
0: move up if I don't have to. I'm see, I, I still would like to move up because one year kind of assuring yourself that you're going to get the guy you want. Um, the other thing is I, I, as much as I do like some of those names a little later on there, I'm going to be targeting Charlotte. I'm going to be targeting Miami. I'm going to be targeting uh, Boston with the Kings pick. Like, um, the, even Detroit or Orlando. like there, I think there's a lot of potential partners there, especially I, I know we act like teams don't know what's happening in free agency until July 1st, but if Charlotte gets the sense that Kemba's walking and they want to tear it all down, um, I, taking Nick Batum and 12 for 26 and expirings in JR, um, that, that would be something I'd look into, especially if there's like Brandon Clark available there. Um, I I I would be absolutely. Brandon Clark would be. So,
1: I mean, if the Cavs could find their way into two guys that, or or Jackson
0: Hayes, like yeah, (laughs) Jackson. Now 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 I'm now I'm really. i just getting one more look at you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Trevor compared him to Jared Allen. I'm I'm all over that. If that's your second guy, or as I said before, if you fall to six and you take Kobe White. That's that's a nice player. I know he scored 20 points per game in college, and, and he's going to be an offensive option. He gives you some playmaking, but I, I think you're still kind of lacking that pure score. And I'd love to take a swing at Nazir Little because I I still think he was in an absolutely terrible situation and, and still put up pretty impressive numbers. Uh, all things considered, I would absolutely swing at him for a high upside play because that that's a guy that uh, at the start of the year he was in. Everybody's top five. And, and, I think
1: that's that's an interesting way to look at it, Justin. Is I think if you go high floor, low ceiling with your first pick, maybe you do. Maybe you're more geeked to trade up and take a guy with a high ceiling. Low yeah, floor. just swing for the fences. Um, what I what I will say is I think the Cavs mentality should be this: uh, if they have a chance to get two guys uh, out of this draft that are both in the top ten on their personal board uh But, and one of those guys falls out of the top ten into the fourteen fifteen range, mm-hmm. sure, go chase that trade up, but I don't think they should go into it expecting to trade up. That, I think that look to 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 seize the opportunity, but other than that uh I'm fine staying with it where they are. I think there's plenty of good players in this draft uh they're just not plenty of great ones,
0: yeah, no, no i I get that and uh I agree. Like, I, I think the, the two potential superstars really are, are, are Zion and, and RJ. And uh, Zion's the only one that's close to no, a I'm
1: there. talking myself in the culver. Maybe like a two-time all-star.
0: Yeah. Uh, but Which I, is I, fine. Eh, yeah, it, it's it's a, Oops, a bit of a different sorry, uh Before we wrap this up, I just want to mention, Fred McLeod retweeted, is Philly still tanking?"
1: <laughs> Thanks to our Discord for that one. Yes, thank you us.
0: Thank you, and Evan. Thank
1: you to our uh, Discord listeners who uh, we open up like a little live recording channel and uh, just uh, let them listen along as, as the uh, sausage gets made, so to speak. And we've had uh, plenty of good reactions. Hi, Cy.
0: Yeah. Well, now, right. now, they know, now they know how much we actually have to cut out. Um, it's just a disaster. I mean, we, we go on for three hours and and hopefully we get 30 minutes that, that works, but uh, yeah, we're
1: actually on hour eight to the people who aren't listening live in the discord. So, um, you know, we're, we're pretty cool, pretty, pretty cool
0: (laughs) and dedicated guys. Yeah. They, they, they lasted through the marathon. I'm very, I'll uh, say this, Justin, if, if,
1: if, if we really did record, if, if we really were giving everyone the best we had to offer, that 's pretty tough look for that 's a tough look for us <laughs> if we were actively trimming trimming the bad stuff out and leaving only the good stuff
0: <laughs> yikes T- tough look for your boy, but uh, thank you to our listeners, thank you to our live listeners as well. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, if you want to support the podcast, if you want to be part of our discord chat. Leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and take a screenshot of your review and email chasedownpod at gmail.com if you want to be part of our Discord chat. We have a lot of fun in there. Um, So Carter and I will bicker and try to figure out what we're going to do for Tuesday. We're going to have some sort of a live broadcast and uh, whatever we decide, I promise I will forget within an hour. So (laughs) thanks to our listeners. And until next time, go caps.